G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thanks for joining me on Conversations on Radio WA 87.6 FM in East Perth and Western Tourist Radio in the southwest of Western Australia. My next guest is the president of the Save Our Donnelly River Association, Anton Troy. G'day, Anton. How's it going, Barry? Pretty good. Now, you've put a lot of effort into this association and you've got a lot of people behind you. Tell us, uh, what, is, uh, what is the issue that you're trying to bring to the public attention? Well, the Save Our Donnelly River Association, our purpose is to uh, protect, restore and preserve the Donnelly River ecosystem. And today our fight is against the Southern Forest Irrigation Scheme, which is a dam that they want to build at Record Brook, which is a major tributary to the Donnelly River. Uh, and then the plan is to withdraw water from the Donnelly River and pump that up to the brook. Okay. Now, I remember in the 90s there was clearing bans put on the upper reaches of the Donnelly River because it was recognised that uh, the overclearing was causing, causing the salination of waterways. And so the decision 30-odd years ago was to, to not clear that land to protect the river. And now here we are, the government's actually proposing to dam it. That sounds a bit, uh, a bit of a retrograde step. Yes, we seem not to learn, to be honest. Um, the Wellington Dam has got salinity issues. The Tant Management Town Water Supply has salinity issues. Uh, the Warren and the Lafroy both have uh, water quality issues. The Donnelly River is one of the very few pristine rivers still left in the region. And uh, the fact that they want to go after it now just goes to show that they haven't learnt anything from the mistakes that, that they've made in the past. And there's a lot of... Uh West Australian taxpayers' money being invested into this. It's a bit hard to see many West Australians getting a return off that money. Well, that's exactly the point. The federal government has thrown $40 million at this scheme. Uh, the state government is supporting it with $19 million. So that's $59 million of the proposed $80 million budget. Uh, $10 million is being raised by the shareholders of the scheme, which is about 70 families, I believe. And there's another $11 million in private support where we just don't know where that's coming from. So Western Tourist Radio is a tourist radio program. We're about encouraging people to explore and look after regional Western Australia. And uh, certainly from a tourism perspective, uh, the Donnelly River as it is, is uh, a major tourism attraction. Uh, the, the tourism gives the natural environment an economic value and uh, it always seems to me that we need to protect those values otherwise we're damaging our economy. But as it is, there's a, a fair amount of water stored down on private properties around there and uh, it makes sense even if some of these places are only uh, using half a quarter of the water they got stored, it makes sense for a stable system not to be using all of the water available every year. Um, that's, uh, that, that makes economic and environmental sense to have that buffer. Well, currently in the catchment areas surrounding the Donnelly, there's about 67 gigalitres of water in storage on private land on private dams right now. This proposal uh, aims to knock down about 500 hectares of state forest to increase that by 15% at a cost of $80 million. They're not already using the water that's in storage. This dam is just not required. Well, we've had a farm at Donnybrook for 32 years. When we first came here, the creeks ran all winter and we got a reasonable sized dam on the place that used to overflow for most of winter. The last two years, it hasn't filled up. 
and uh, even this year's we've actually had probably at least average if not slightly above average rainfall and the dam hasn't overflowed so the country is drying out uh, even I heard on the ABC Rural Report Ag Department saying uh, dams don't make sense anymore because if rainfall drops one millimetre, runoff is dropping three millimetres. So the state government's own agriculture departments telling farmers individually uh, that dams make, don't make any sense. It seems a bit strange that the same government is uh, is backing this massive dam, which uh, you'd have to say amounts to environmental vandalism in a, a pristine area. Indeed it does, Barry, and we've asked the same question of the Minister Kelly, uh, Minister for Water, when the Water Corporation has been making a very big deal uh, in advertising and publicly and uh, declaring that dams are not the answer in climate change because of the lack of runoff. Uh, and yet you've got Dewa whose modelling is supposedly supporting this dam. They're tearing down dams in Europe and even America, uh, and yet we're trying to build new ones. It makes absolutely no sense. The rainfall in the management region has been declining steadily for a hundred years. That's documented. Um, and the, the river flow at the offtake point where the pumps would be for this dam has reduced to 29 gigalitres a year on average, which is 65% less than what it was in the nineties. So I don't know where they think the water is coming from or what they think is going to happen downstream if they do build it. So personally, you've put a lot of effort into this. I guess the question is, what's in it for you? I, I love it when people ask me this question, Barry, because other than living and working for a time in the region, I've got no real attachment to the area. I wasn't born there. I didn't grow up there. Uh, my best mate, my brother, um, has a house there. But uh, to be honest, I'm, the, I'm, I'm not your average greenie. I'm not... Uh, an environmentalist activist. I'm the non-veganist, bourbon drinking, meat eatingist environmentalist there is. I'm just a tradie in a 2XL shirt and I've seen enough changes in my life to say enough. You don't need to be um, a, a hippie to care about the environment and you don't need to be a, a, a radical environmentalist to get stuff done. You can just be a normal person just to, uh, just look around. We can't keep doing this. Uh, we, we, what we do to the forest, as the nanas say, what we're doing to the forest, we're doing to ourselves. The, the environment is actually what supports us, and we're killing it. It's, it's, it's not just ecocide, it's genocide, and it's suicide. I think you're very right there. I did an interview with Tim Winton, and he made the point that uh, you don't need a gun and a flag to be a patriot. And uh, I, this is something I think about. I've got grandkids, and the deterioration I've seen in a natural environment in the 64 years I've been on this planet is scary but I'm increasingly optimistic you know that the internet is a, is a new medium it's not controlled by vested interest and we can use the internet to um, present an alternative narrative and uh, as I said this is a tourist radio format I see tourism is critical to, to get people into these regions because if, if you haven't seen it you might say well why bother but if you've seen these places then you'll realise it doesn't make sense to, to destroy them. Well the, the Donnelly River is about 150 kilometres long and there are towns and tourism operations uh, and agricultural uh, operations all the way down there that, that survive on, on that flow and on that environment. Um, and the idea that they're going to build all of this tourism around the dam, which in their own modelling is going to be empty six years out of the last ten, I don't understand who would actually then try and invest in a, in a proposal like that uh, when they're surrounded by a, a large mud hole. So 
even if they were to establish all this tourism, all they're going to do is take away from existing tourism that's already thriving from this. As I said, uh, Western Tourist Radio, we see the importance of tourism. One of our websites is harvesthighway.com.au, which we're developing as a Harvest Highway Discovery Trail along, based along the Southwestern Highway and Byways to encourage people to visit the area and to connect with the small producers along the highway. And it is uh, the variety of produce that uh, makes the exploring this region so interesting, from fruit and vegetable to wine to dairy to truffles and, and many other things in between. But uh, there's one species is sort of uh, tending to predominate, uh, which may become an issue. Agriculture is absolutely necessary in this state, and the management region is the food bowl uh, of the state. There's absolutely no two ways about that. There's a lot of guys out there that are smaller farmers, generational farmers, family farmers, organic farmers, that are doing the right thing. But then there's this corporate monoculture, which is absolutely killing the industry. It's bad for them, it's bad for towns, it's bad for the environment. And that's what the kind of operation that really drives uh, uh, ideas like this dam. We've got avocado farming, uh, which is about to increase with a with a 300 hectare operation coming into Pemberton which is going to increase the avocado growers by about 25% in the region by itself that's not including the thousands of trees that are already in the ground that haven't produced an avocado yet and the trouble with avocados is it takes a lot of water and our argument is if you want to grow if you don't have enough water to grow avocados grow something else one of the best most successful nicest guys that i've seen down there grows grass and another one grows potatoes and they're not screaming because they can't grow avocados it's interesting uh, i've been involved in organic agriculture for over 30 years and increasingly organic agriculture is being referred to regenerative agriculture our minister for agriculture alana mctiernan has embraced regenerative agriculture and uh, charles massey's book call of the reed warbler a new agriculture a new earth Regenerative agriculture is all about building a soil organic matter and uh, working with the, the, the natural ecosystem. It's been proven to be a better economic model and it actually employs more people and it can rebuild regional communities. Uh, we've been led to believe these big corporates uh, are the saviour. In actual fact, uh, they exist for their shareholders and not for the regional communities. And uh, the vision for harvesthighway.com.au is that it's, uh, it's going to give a voice and uh, connect travellers, predominantly people from Perth, with the producers in the southwest. And, you know, there's so, so much talk about food, or there's a, perhaps there's not enough talk about food. Our civilization is based on the food supply. There's a growing realisation, and uh, Major General Michael Jeffrey, who sadly passed away recently, his uh, organisation Soils for Life, had been created to raise awareness of the importance of soils and working with soils and how that is the foundation of our civilization. And uh, this idea that we can industrialize food production is, I think, leading us on a fairly slippery path. The economy is a scale thing. It's producing vast quantities uh, of stuff. I think we need to get back to more of a stability through diversity. Lots of small producers are going to give us a stable food supply and the issues that are being experienced at the moment with lack of labour uh, in, in uh, 
agri big industrial agriculture organisations uh, wouldn't have happened if uh, small family farms had, hadn't been pushed out of business. But uh, I think things are swinging back in favour and that uh, the small producers connect using the internet to connect directly with uh, the eaters. Uh, that's the future. And going forward, there's all talks about jobs, jobs, jobs. It's my belief that we need to be focusing more on enterprise, 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 and lots of small producers producing a variety of different products is a much more stable economic and environmental ecosystem. And uh, the sooner the government comes to appreciate small business instead of being aligned with big businesses, which you'd have to say the major parties have become almost a coalition in relation to this. Small business used to be the backbone of the economy of this country, and we used to have a very strong economy and a very strong skill set uh, in the community uh, and we've seen uh, corporate international um, uh, companies come in. The consumer owns a fair bit of this too because we keep crying out for cheaper produce and so the way to get cheaper produce is to go to corporate monoculture but what we lose is jobs, we lose quality and we lose the environment in the process. So the consumer itself has to make a change for the better of the, themselves. Absolutely. I'm old enough to remember when we said if something was cheap, it was cheap and nasty and nothing's changed. So down, down on prices, down, down on quality and it's down, down on the environment. And I understand that, uh, you know, the price of food is important, but uh, we've got to get that balance right. We have a, we have a subsidised sickness industry, but uh, we seem to expect food, which is the foundation of our civilization, to be unrealistically cheap. And of course, uh, if, uh, if the farmers aren't getting a fair price for their product, then they aren't able to pay a fair price to their workers. And we've got a whole flow on there. And uh, I think it's really important that uh, people stand up and, like yourself, get engaged and take an interest because it, it is their food, because it is uh, the future of uh, our individual health and the future for our grandkids that uh, is at stake here. Absolutely. And we've just seen so many changes in this region. I mean, the, the carry forests, 90%, 90% are gone. And we're having a fight and argue about the last 10%. In the original inundation zone for this dam, which is 160 hectares, there's a tree called the Stuart tree. Now, the Stuart tree is about 85 metres tall. It's the state's tallest tree, and it's about 15 kilometres from Manjum up in a hidden valley. There is absolutely no information about it. The Tourist Bureau or the Forestry Department, if you didn't know where it was, you, you can't find it. There's no signs other than the ones that we've put up. And... Most of the locals in Manjimup don't even know that it's there. It was named after a gentleman called Don Stewart. And Don Stewart was named a conservator of the forest back in the 30s. He came up with the idea of putting these fire towers, these lookout towers, in these big carry, like the Gloucester tree and the diamond tree, and there was about eight of them that were built. And the Stewart tree wasn't one of them, but when they were looking for these big trees, they found this one, and they recognised it to be the tallest one around, and they named it after Don. Now... This one, this one tree is actually surrounded by about six trees of around about the same age, 300 to 350 years old. It's this amazing grove, and none of it has any kind of protection status because there's a stump about 20 feet away. And that one stump, which was created 80 years ago by a couple of men and a handsaw and an oxen cart, negates protection of the two hectares of forest around it. That's how stupid our 
old growth protection rules are. So when the government is saying, oh, old growth is protected, it really means nothing. And so we need to get better at what we're doing as far as protecting the environment. These big trees expirate moisture into the air. They make it rain. And we keep knocking down trees for agriculture and reducing rain for agriculture in the same process. We teach this in grade 7 in our education system in this state. And yet the highest level of government in this state doesn't seem to understand it. So anybody who thinks that this isn't a good move, uh, Anton, how can they support the uh, Save uh, Donnelly River Association's actions? Well, if they want more information, we've got an absolutely stunning gallery of uh, images on our Instagram page. We've also got uh, footage on YouTube, uh, which has got uh, video footage of what we're trying to save. We can find us on Facebook as well, which is, uh, we've got about 4,000 members there and it's a very active page. Uh, and more importantly though, we also have the website, which is saveourdonnellyriver.org. And we're about to enter the Environmental Protection Authority review period. They're going to, I think on the 20th of December, release the review. And then we go into a submission period for about six weeks, which should end around about early to mid-February. And that's an opportunity for individuals to write to the EPA and uh, submit their objection to the scheme based on however they feel. They might not care about the environment, but they might care about $59 million of state and federal taxpayers' money going to a select group of uh, already wealthy farmers. So on that website, very shortly, there's going to be a breakdown of all the different points of, uh, of objection and a template on how to actually uh, write a submission to the EPA. The Friends of the Galoric Forest uh, just uh, just announced that they've hit a thousand submissions to the EPA in objection to the plan for the road. Uh, that's what we need. That's actually what will stop this thing. It's not. We don't want to get to the point where people are standing in front of bulldozers and and chaining onto things. We want to stop it before it gets to that point. And this is how we do it. We get people to learn about the EPA process, to learn what the points of objection are and to write those emails and put those submissions in because that's what counts. It is uh, often the case that we don't know what we don't know and in this age of the internet that's changed. So no longer can government and big business run roughshod over the community. Uh, the information's out there and the science is there. So uh, uh, let, let's listen to the real science and use that to guide where we, we head. Thanks, Anton, for the effort you and your committee have put into raising awareness of this. Uh, knowledge is power. And uh, do you want to repeat the name of your website so people can follow up and take this further? Honestly, Barry, if you just Google Save Our Donnelly River, you'll find us on about a half a dozen different platforms right now. We've got so much going on uh, in so many different areas uh, and the support that we've had uh, has just been absolutely amazing. Um, we developed the association uh, back in June and it's just gone from strength to strength to strength ever since. We are very confident that we're actually going to win this fight because we've got some really uh, committed uh, people, but we need to get it over the line. We can't just rest on our laurels and cruise to the finish line. We need to 
do a lot of work over the coming months because we're going into an election and we need to make sure that the government, as popular as they are right now, understand that environmentally they haven't got this right. Well, we're really lucky to live in a democracy where we can have these conversations, Anton, and uh, congratulations to you and your members for the work you've done. I really appreciate the opportunity, Barry, to come and talk and uh, the invite. It's been great to be down here. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Anton. I've been talking to Anton Troy, the president of the Save Our Donnelly River Association. You can hear this conversation and conversations with other innovators in Western Australia by going to touristradio.com.au forward slash conversations as we tell the stories of people and places in Western Australia.